We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. We've got a lot of NBA news to get through. We also had a pretty eventful weekend in the sports world. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, is Tom Brady actually retired? And you know, you know Tom Brady probably any better than anybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I was. Uh... I, it hit me. I was like, man, now that's it. I'm like older than all the athletes <laughs> that are left playing sports now. And, and then they put the brakes on it. So again, my, my read on that one is he wanted to yeah. do something and it came out before he wanted it to. So now we're kind of holding it up kind of like Gordon Hayward signing with the mm. Celtics back in the day. Uh, Chris Haynes reported it and then everybody was like, no, hold on Wait a second. And then yep. you know, hours later he finished uh, video games and wrote his thing for the players. Tribune. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but, uh, but how, how, who day, huh? The, the Bengals. Oh man. That, I mean, that was, that was a, a shock. Uh, certainly a surprise. So now we get Bengals and Rams in the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people in the Southern California area were not sad to see that the Rams got through to the, the Super Bowl and the Bengals are going to be there. I mean, never would have predicted that. I saw, I saw it was something that was out there. Like if you had bet a thousand dollars before the season started on the Bengals making the Super Bowl, it would be worth like 65 K today. Something, something. Oh, crazy. I think it was it, more it, than it was like, yeah, it's something crazy. And then I saw yeah. people were putting out, somebody had this crazy parlay where they nailed both the score of the chiefs Bengals game, which who would have picked the chiefs to win right from to begin with and yeah. the score of the, uh, of the Rams and uh, 49ers game. And it turned it like a $20 bet became, it was something like $580,000, like un, unreal, unreal. It's like winning the lottery. Hey, good for them, yep. man. Just, Hey, invest in uh, NBA front office show. Send a little our way if you're watching, and we'll uh, well we'll take care of you with, with some good, <laughs> good NBA right. news. Want to dive in, man? Because there's a lot of. I mean, I know it was a football weekend, but we got a lot of basketball there. stuff to to cover here. So let's 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 yeah, get into. We're gonna it. do some news first, and then we're gonna break teams up into buyers and sellers. So we're gonna look at these categories, and there might even be some kind of subcategories within there as we kind of dive into it that we'll have to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I guess the thing to start with here. Uh, Goran Dragic sounds like the the Raptors are fairly confident they can find a trade for him. Now I do wonder though because from day one, the moment he became a Raptor, speculation was he's going to get bought out. How much of this is the Raptors saying no, 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 we're not going to buy him out. We definitely have a trade here. So anybody who wants him, <laughs> man, we've got something. You better come trade for him if you want him because he's not going to be on the buyout market. Doesn't mean it's not true, but just this time of year, you kind of have to take that sort of thing into consideration. Exactly. No one is getting bought out uh, a week and a half ahead of the trade deadline ever. Everyone has immense trade value. The the reality is he's on a $19.4 million contract. It's, it's not an unmovable number, but that would have to involve the Raptors probably getting involved in a bigger Mm -hmm. trade than what they're likely to make this year. Now I never count out Masai Ujiri. Yo, if anybody's going to take a home run cut, it's going to be him. So let's see. But my guess is, 
there won't be a trade. He'll get bought out. And then as Mark Stein reported, we're going to get into a couple other things from Mark uh, here today, but he reported that Dallas would be the front runner, but that there'll be plenty of competition uh, to sign Goran Dragic. The only team that wouldn't be able to sign him is Miami uh, because they, they can't resign him after trading him for at least one year. So uh, now if he is traded somewhere and then bought out, that's a possibility. Then because he went on to a third team, as we learned with Andrew Bogut once upon a time, they could potentially re-sign him then. So let's keep an eye on that and see how it all plays out. My guess is we are two weeks from Goran Dragic having a new NBA home. Uh, it will be clear of the deadline in a couple of weeks, and it will probably be within a day or two after that. He's, uh, you know, If he's not traded, he'll be bought out and uh, you know, allowed to go where he wants to go. Yeah, I think that's probably what we're going to see go down. And it sounds like the Mavs are the front runner to land him if in, indeed that does happen. Now, Mark Stein also mentioned, though, that Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith are not expected to be moved by the trade deadline. There's been some speculation about that, some connection between Brunson and perhaps the Knicks. Uh, we've talked all about the difficulties the Mavs might have in re-signing Brunson after the season, but sounds like they are not in any rush to move him. Now, again, this time of year, no, no, no. We definitely don't want to move this player. Like <laughs> that kind of stuff we have to consider. We've got to factor that in. But I also think that it's just tricky to try to move a player that the, that's got the kind of on-court value that Brunson and Finney Smith as well provide, but don't offer much in terms of salary ballast for a trade. That makes it kind of mm -hmm. difficult to find a deal that, that really works. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the the one help for the Mavericks is they do have a $10.8 million trade exception mm -hmm. uh, from the Josh Richardson trade to the Celtics this offseason. So that does help them a little bit because Brunson alone, he's at $1.8 So that's not going to do a whole heck of a lot for you as far as matching salary. But you could take you know up to $10.8 million back. You uh, using that trade exception in Dallas is let me look at it. They're about 15 million under the luxury tax line, so that's that's enough room. I, I what I also thought was interesting is um, Brunson is not uh, gonna sign what I like to call the Dinwiddie. Others call it the Norman Powell, but the four-year, 56 million dollar extension that is that max number that guys who are under the average salary can sign for in an extension uh, in season. Um, and I don't blame Brunson. I think he's probably got more mm -hmm. coming his way uh, the, the, this offseason. That's about $14 million a year or so. So I think that's, you know, the right decision for him to uh, to hold and see. I think probably, I think the other day, right, we talked about it and I said something around probably 15 to 20 yeah. million is like where he's going to land. So, you know, bet on yourself and see see where it goes. To Detroit Pistons, maybe, um, you know, as a suitor for him. Let's see what that looks like. I got to wonder, though, given, given what happened with Dennis Schroeder, isn't there some risk here too in doing that? Like if you if you think sure. if you're getting an offer at 14 million per season and you think your range is somewhere between 15 to 20, assuming the market doesn't drop out on you, or you sustain some sort kind of an injury, I mean you're talking about potentially if you wind up with a 15 million dollar contract, you could risk quite a bit for relatively little reward here. So it's it has to be a factor in his decision making when you look at at that. Yeah, yeah, I. Completely agree. And Schroeder had a much longer track record of uh, success um, than Dem mm -hmm. Brunson has. He had a, he's had, this is his fourth season. He's had four good seasons. Um, he's gotten better each year, uh, but he's not, he's, he's not a super high volume three point shooter. Um, last year he shot 40% from three, but only just under three attempts per game this year. He's about the same volume, but he's only making 35%. Not bad, but not, you know, Anything where you're like, holy it's cow, this average. guy's a centerpiece of offense or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, playmaking is ticked up. He's up at 5.6 assists per game. That's actually pretty notable when you have to factor in how much mm -hmm. Luca has the ball. Um, and Brunson plays most of his 31 minutes a game with Luca. Um, so that that is something to balance out. And his scoring hasn't really uh you know been affected as he's added the playmaking because he's up to 15.7 points per game. Uh for his size, he's one of the best finishers in the in the game. Uh, you know, does a good job getting downhill. He's got a nice mid-range game, uh, working out a pick and roll. So let's let's see. I, I guess the difference is a little younger. Um he's had 
not some of the the attitude issues, maybe, I guess is the best way to put it with Schroeder. Uh, things didn't exactly end well in Atlanta uh, for him. Um, there were definitely things that the OKC was fairly clean uh, his time there, but there were definitely things that popped up throughout his Lakers tenure at times. And some his stuff has come up in Boston as well um, now. So, you know, but yeah, it, it's a risk for sure. If you're Brunson, you, you have to really feel good if you're going to pass up that money. But I, I think I would, because I think that number is still there this summer from the Mavs, if nothing else. Yeah, good point. Good point there. Um, let's move on. Let's go Justin Holiday, unvaccinated. You know, he's he's been a guy who's been in a lot of trade rumors. Just the fact that he's unvaccinated, that eliminates, or to, okay, not technically eliminates, but could restrict some landing spots sure. right i mean we think about you know the brooklyn nets that would mean he couldn't play home games things things of that nature um but mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is going to be a factor in terms of his trade value and could be enough to scare some teams off of, of trading for justin holiday yeah i think so i mean the asking price isn't unreasonable it sounds like the pacers are looking for two second round picks that's perfectly fair for what he can can bring a team for the vast majority of teams he'd probably be a Guys got decent size. Has always been a you know at least holds his own defensively. He's not you know necessarily a great defender or anything. So um, that part would be good. But yeah, I mean you take kind of the Nets, the the Warriors. I want to say the Lakers and the Clippers, if I remember correctly, as well due to their local mandates, guidelines, call them what you will. So uh, yeah, I mean now where do those teams necessary? I don't know. I guess maybe the Lakers, right? Because he actually does uh, fit into their trade tradable or acquirable salary window um you know there but yeah i think it's just it's just a data point you have to talk if you're a team of all right where we're at and he has made it very clear he will not be getting vaccinated a couple different times when he's talked about it just he doesn't think it's the right decision for him and his family so you know that that part kind of seems to be it is what it is so yeah everything else though that becomes a question for the teams to decide all right the pelicans sign wenyan gabriel so that's you know, a little bit more more depth there for them. Um, obviously yeah. not a you know major marquee signing or something like that, but but certainly something to note. A guy who's got a bit of athleticism, long can can defend a bit at the rim and things of that nature. So worth a shot. And that was one of those uh, hardship ten days. They've got a couple guys in the health and safety protocols. Um, a couple people have asked this because it is kind of. Um, weird the way this works is if a player goes is already injured but then goes into the health and safety protocols while injured uh that happened with uh well i believe it was michael porter jr i think jamal murray was in the same boat there's been a couple others as well uh the team is then eligible for one of these hardship 10 days even though that player's already out with an injury i guess that there he is hey we said any covid uh protocol absence you get one. So uh, that's just the easy way to do it. So that's, that's, that's where it's at. They've got a couple guys down with that, but uh, so, yeah. So when you Gabriel will be there for uh, the next week and a half or so. Shea Gilgis Alexander dealing with a sprained ankle. He's going to be out through the all-star break for OKC, obviously a blow for them, but they're, I mean, they're not trying to win games right now. So there's no reason no. to rush him back or anything, but just something to note that yep. he's going to be out of action for a bit here. Yeah, and in, in I, I think this is a sign of either this is to be out, to be ruled out already this long. I mean, the All-Star break, that's still you know roughly two and a half, three weeks away. Um, to say that he's going to be out that long, that says one of two things. Either this is an extremely serious ankle injury. Maybe it is. We don't know. Um, or... We don't really care about winning games the rest of the way, and let's go. Um, now, what's interesting is, right, it looked like for a while that the Thunder, uh, because they had played well to start the year, and then the Rockets, because that big win streak, had created a ton of distance between them and the Pistons and the Magic. But now, all of a sudden, you've got the Thunder have lost seven straight. The Rockets have lost uh, seven of their last ten, including three in a row. And the Pistons and Magic have started to win a couple more games. So it's starting to uh, tighten up. That sounds weird to say when it's for the very bottom of the standings, but tighten up at the bottom of the uh, lottery odds here with those teams. And you want to get into that top three 
right? Because that's, uh, you know, that, that's the flattened odds. And then the top four is what's decided by the lottery. So uh, I think we can confidently say those teams will be the top mm-hmm. four. Um, but, uh, you know, what order, you know, goes in and has the most ping pong balls that, you know, definitely still seems to be determined, even though it looked like as much as a week or so ago, the Orlando and Detroit had a leg up. It is weird saying like they've got a leg up on the way down, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it, that's what the tank race is. That's, that's the way this goes. Um, the NBA's race to the bottom for the four ping pong balls. <laughs> it's funny. It's like when people say, do you want a higher draft pick? And I'm like, what does yeah, that right. mean? Like a, is that like going towards 30 or is that going towards one? Like, you know, I always think of it. That's why I try to, I try to eliminate from my vocabulary and you, and I try to go to using mm-hmm. better because right better is, you know, clearly the, uh, you know, um, well, I was almost just said it. I almost said the lower draft pick, but the uh, you know one go, going towards one is the better draft pick. But yeah, all right, let's move on before I stumble over the English language any further. Wait, which Brooks is it again? What, what what's going on there? <laughs> um, oh, that was oh yeah, that was one of the all time. Uh, oh, that tournaments. was fantastic. It was so I mean, good. it wasn't fantastic for the teams and players involved, of course, but no, but for everybody but... else in the in the audience it was yeah. uh it was pretty fun uh Le- lebron james <laughs> out with knee swelling um frank vogel we talked to him yesterday uh he said that there's a swelling in the knee they sent him back to los angeles before the game against the hawks uh which ended in, in disaster uh, but they sent him back to los angeles to work on getting some of that swelling under control have not ruled him out for wednesday's game against the blazers but obviously Swelling in the knee in general is not good. <laughs> not good. <coughs> oh, I'm getting choked up over this. Uh, you're all you're all choked yeah. up, man. It's okay. I'm sure he's gonna be alright. <laughs> well, <laughs> knee swelling's not good. The MRI apparently had nothing, uh, nothing on it, which is sometimes can kind of happen when there's swelling. It can be hard to see what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed right now that it's not something serious and that it is just maybe a little bit of fluid or something like that that they need to take care of. The other day, before the game against the Hornets, he was out on the floor taking shots. And I mean, I would think if they believed there was something serious in there, they wouldn't have him warming up, trying to see if he could loosen it up enough to go. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, everybody holding their breath right now until we find out more about what's going on with LeBron and his knee. And fingers crossed that he'll be good to go for Wednesday. Yeah, I thought clearly, too. I mean, he had one of those tweets with a whole bunch of angry face emojis uh, when they first announced it. I think it was at the Hornets mm-hmm. game where they said he wasn't going to play. Um, so clearly he feels like he could be out there going. I mean, this is the right thing if you're the Lakers, right? There's no, you don't make a small thing, a big thing by pushing him through, even though it's starting to get a little bit harder to say, it'll all be fine in the end as you, you know, slip in the standing some, but I think um, my guess is this, this is maybe just one of those things where let's face it. I mean, he's old and he's got a ton of miles on his you know, knees and there may not be anything structurally wrong. It may just be, you know, okay. It's, you know, stiff and swollen and we're, we're going from there. I know, um, you know, that, that happens as you get, get older, you know, sometimes there's not a, a structural problem, but it, you know, just things don't work the way they used to work. I, I do wonder too, um, with with this, um, if that leads more to it too, because there was no specific injury where they're like, yeah, it was, you know, with five minutes left in the previous game, he, you know, you know, stepped wrong or whatever. There was nothing like that. So, so that to me says, you know, yeah, let's see, you know, where this ultimately, you know, lands, but yeah, it's a, you know, I mean, 24 and 27 though, that's uh that's not great. Still plenty of room clear of, you know, sticking in the play in race. Uh, that's not a concern, but that's, you know, I mean, I think any hope now of moving up to six, that's probably starting to go away. I think now your hope is let's get into that seven, eight and only have to win one to get in versus, uh, you know, hoping we can uh, catch into the assured playoff spot of the top six. I think five games is an awful lot to make up and have to climb the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go down the whole Lakers rabbit hole, but essentially what's what's sure. happened is, I mean, they just lost two games that you could probably say, look, if LeBron had played, they they win, right? The Hornets oh. and, the, and the Hawks, yeah. they're probably winning yeah. those games uh, if LeBron had played. And the problem with it is, 
they've already burned through all of their any margin for error that they have they burned through that and yep. then some in the first half of the season so that's where it becomes especially damage damaging when you drop games that probably otherwise would have been wins in the second half of the season that you and again you already messed up the first half of the schedule enough to where you just you don't have that margin for error anymore so they're very they're very fortunate that the west has been so forgiving right now because they this could look yeah, much worse agreed. if this was a typical western conference season which it has not been yeah, if the Spurs or the Pelicans or Kings were playing better, uh, yeah, they could be in danger of missing out on the postseason entirely. Yeah, and that's that's a, a great point. And I'm with you because it's the same thing for the Celtics, right? It's you know when you're you know sitting right right around 500, you you your margin for error, as you said, is completely gone. Like, like I look at it, the the Suns, right? They play next tomorrow night against the Nets. If they lose that game, whatever. Who cares? You know, it's not that big of a deal. We we've built this this cushion, this three and a half game cushion now uh, for for the Suns as they've won ten in a row. Um, but yeah, but if you're you're now you're kind of fighting, you don't have the room to throw throw those away. And that also is makes it harder on those nights when it's like, yeah, we should probably sit somebody out. We should probably take a rest night or something like that. You just end up in a really tricky spot trying to do that now because you really need every single win you can get the rest of the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the challenge that both your team and my team are now are near stand. You know what, Keeper, <laughs> yeah. as much of a fun sports weekend as it was with football and everything, we had some rough time in, in Lakers land. The U.S. men's national team decided they didn't feel God. like playing soccer this weekend. Oh, Ridiculous. my goodness. Um, that one got me, man. I was so angry yesterday because I'm just, I'm, you know, let's move. I don't, I don't want to yeah. go on a soccer today. It's not, it's. Yo, know, they better win on yep. Wednesday. If they if they don't, I'm gonna. I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lose it entirely because it's just you know now they should win Wednesday. They're at home against the bottom of the table team. It should be a win, but well, I mean this team is just I don't they, know. that Canada was disgusting. Like yeah, well. we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gross. Yes. Let's move on. Let's do that. All right. Uh, Derek Rose expected back after the All-Star break. Hopefully that gives the Knicks a little bit of help there. And who knows, maybe the Knicks make a move before we even get to that point. Uh, but the, the yeah. rough news, and, and I mean, Keith, just watching this was difficult. Joe Ingles, uh, looks like he's he's probably Awful. out for the year, almost certainly. I mean, based on what we saw, um, that's, that's really, really tough. Um, before, I guess before we get into all the trade ramifications of this, because what does this mean for Joe Ingles, the basketball player? Yeah, I I hate I hate to ever say this about any you know athlete because it's you know you, you don't know with this, but like Clay Thompson, right, suffered two to what used to be uh, almost career ending or certainly career altering injuries, uh, you know, back to back. But he was still young enough where you're like he's gonna get back; he'll mm-hmm. it, be okay. Um, I look at Joe Ingles. I mean, he's. 34 now he'll be 35 at the start of next season that's tough you know 30 35 with coming off what's i mean just going off what the folks who can watch those videos and usually get it right pretty quick said probably a torn acl uh you know that that that's tough Mm -hmm. you know it was there's already the rumors out there that he might be not retiring but maybe done with the NBA, maybe go back and play in Australia at the end of his career, like Bogut did, like Della Vadova has done. Um, that may be where he was headed, but 
Yeah, I mean that's just brutal, you know, and br- brutal for the Jazz because he's he's been just kind of a, a mainstay for them through through this whole rise. He's been there for seven years, and that's kind of coincided with them getting back to being a good team. And you know they they they're struggling now. It is uh they just had it here. It is they've lost five in a row. They've lost I, I want to say ten out of their last mm-hmm. thirteen or something like that. And they are um they're now. In games are unbalanced, um, but they're still in fourth, but they're only in the loss column. They're tied with the Nuggets and they're only a game up on the Mavericks uh, at mm-hmm. this point. So, I mean, that's starting to get into danger territory of slipping out of home court advantage. So on the trade front, he's a $14 million expiring contract. Now we're talking Ricky Rubio territory here where he's an expiring yeah. contract that you can move, but a team can no longer put any value towards him because he's not going to help you on the floor, but an expiring contract, if the jazz decide they're willing to take on some salary could still be a movable piece, but I'm sure this does change any negotiations that the jazz were in involving Joe Ingalls before this happened. Yeah. Cause now you have to plus up the value Mm -hmm. somewhere else, right? It's going to have to come in the form of picks or I was going to say young players, but they don't really have a lot of young players that have a ton of value that they could be thrown in a trade. So probably a pick that part gets a little bit difficult because they already owe a couple picks uh, in the future out to teams in trade. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a little rough. My guess is they, it was already heavily rumored that they were going to trade Ingles anyway. My guess is they'll still move on that. Cause then like we, we, said about ricky rubio because he's an expiring contract and his deal will end he could then re-sign with utah this summer because he would be a free agent uh that you don't have the one-year wait on that when when the contract expires that's only if a player is uh waived after the deal so that that would be you know we may see him then you know be able to come back to to the jazz um you know, next season if that's what he wanted to do and that's the direction the team was going so my guess is probably very likely because they've got to do something you 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 can't keep sliding like this i mean now they're four and a half games behind the um grizzlies mm-hmm. now uh for the third seed and it, i mean we were talking a month ago about them fighting with the warriors and the suns atop the conference and now, you know, after a disaster month of January, they, they're, you know, barely going to hang in uh, home court advantage. So, you know, t- tough times in Utah, for sure. Yeah, the tiers have certainly shifted in the West. For a while, it looked like very clearly it was Suns, Warriors, Jazz were your top three. And then you had the Grizzlies in a tier to their own and then everybody else. Yep. And now that's that switched. Now Grizzlies are in that top three and the Jazz are kind of in this, this free fall where maybe it's now your top three is Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies. You could even say Suns in a tier of their own. Warriors yeah, Grizzlies yeah, in another tier, so. and then yep. everybody else. It's interesting the way this is all shaping up. Uh, just a couple more things Definitely. to get to before we get to buyers and sellers. The Nuggets do get a disabled player exception for Michael Porter Jr. So, I mean, not a lot of spending power there, but maybe a little bit no. for them to go use if they so choose. I mean, better to have it than not, but I, you know, I, I can't say this is a, 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 power shift or anything like that by getting this disabled player <laughs> exception. They're not, they're not going to go pick up some impact piece, but maybe, you know, for depth if needed. Yeah, it could be a thing that they, they, it'll expire on March 10th. So they'll be able to use it uh, during buyout season. So that could be you know, a way versus just saying, Hey, we have the same uh, prorated veteran minimum deal as everybody else is offering. Hey, we can actually offer you slightly more. And that that's, you know, helped in the past uh, with teams doing that. It, is that, Maybe I have this wrong, but I feel like the Lakers were able to use one that was slightly more than the prorated veteran minimum once upon a time. Um, you know, maybe mm. a couple of years ago. I might be wrong on that, but um, but that's why you go get it, even though it's such a so such a small number. Because unlike the standard uh, exceptions, it doesn't prorate; it stays at that full amount. Because the idea again is you're trying to replace a guy. Maybe that's their path to keeping Boogie Cousins. Uh, longer than you know his 10-day contract he had an interesting situation um that i don't know if we touched on or not this is a repeat i apologize but he was on a hardship 10-day and then michael porter jr cleared the health and safety protocols even though he's one of those guys who's injured and out um so the nuggets had to waive cousins uh from his uh, hardship 10-day re-sign him to a standard 10-day in the same day uh, in order to have his services, because otherwise what happens is the player has to be made inactive uh, for the rest of their um, 
period on a 10 day. So just kind of an interesting little transaction out there. The note on the DPE, though, that is interesting to me is this means that an independent medical board found it's more likely than not that Michael Porter Jr. won't return this season. And we've had some reporting. Zach Lowe was the latest to say the Nuggets think they could get Murray and Porter both mm-hmm. back. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on there. You know, we'll, we'll see how it works, though, is if they use this DP and then Michael Porter Jr. feels great and can play. Hey, well, that's the way it goes. Lucky you. You know, off we go and we, we move on with that. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on for Denver. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, last couple of things. Heat signed Chris Silva to a fourth 10-day contract, o- OKC. <laughs> Four. Yeah, fourth, fourth one. one. <laughs> <laughs> We're setting records here. Uh, Mamadi Diakite also signs to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, yep. you know, a couple of depth, depth pieces coming in there. Yep. Okay, okay. Ten, 10 day season for sure. Um, those will slow down a little bit here at the end of the week as uh, teams reprioritize roster spots and the like going into the trade deadline. But yeah, for now, I mean, and it's not a big deal because you just cut the guy if you need to. He still gets his full amount and you reopen your roster spot. All right. Um, should we get let's get into some buyers and sellers here. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. What do we want to do is kind of move teams into separate categories here. Now, I do think that there are subcategories as well i mean you have have buyers and sellers you have teams who are buyers but they're playing so well like the the phoenix Suns would be a great example of this Uh, but they're playing so well that there's not a whole lot of urgency there if the right deal comes along they're a buyer you've got teams that are uh we just talked about the utah jazz who are struggling or kind of wanting to make that that move up to where they're going to be a more motivated buyer you've got teams who are sellers but maybe they don't quite know it yet because they're still trying to talk themselves <laughs> into being uh, a buyer or perhaps being a playoff team and then you've got teams that are just very clearly sellers we're rebuilding give us what you can that sort of situation so i think there's there's really those kind of four yep. sub categories when we look at buyers and sellers yeah i generally tend to sort them into buyers sellers either or okay. neither and I think the either and neither kind of cover where well, what you were covering. Uh, well, I want to do Eastern Conference sure. first, and we'll just go alphabetically by city. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks. So in a full reference for me, I'm going to go off. I wrote uh, an article for the Eastern Conference and one for the Western Conference over at Spot Track. You can find both of those there. Uh, the list of, you know, where I see each team. The Atlanta Hawks, I had in the either category. Um, now, full disclosure, this was written before – the Hawks won on this seven game mm. win streak and uh, look like the Hawks of last year again. But my thought process was they're not going to blow it up, but if the right deal comes along, they might get involved and make it. Even if that uh, involves moving some guys, cause that'll rebalance their roster cap sheet moving forward. Agreed. Yeah. I think the Hawks, uh, the seven game win streak definitely helps them out, but we've heard a lot of rumors about John Collins, particularly being on the move. Uh, they're a team that I think could still look at shaking things up. I think this seven-game winning streak will give them pause before they do anything, though. They're not quite a, as much of a desperation buy mode as they were, but I still think they're going to be a motivated buyer if there is the right deal out there. Um, I, and, and I guess in that sense, they could sell in a roundabout way to also buy. Like if they send John Collins out, they're not going to just not replace him. They're not going to just trade him for a pick. Correct. They're going to try to bring in something that can help them win right now. They're not going to be in yep. the sell and who cares if we win games mode that some other teams will be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boston, I, you know, Boston was a little hard to peg because they, they could go either way. Uh, the only thing I'm certain of is they're going to do what they can to avoid the luxury tax. They, they're one salary dump away from getting out of luxury tax. What makes them a little hard to peg is we have no history, right? Because we we had 20 years of history with Danny Ainge of what he might do and maybe get close to doing or whatever his favorite phrases were. Um, with Brad Stevens, it's not we, – we have no history of what he might do. Um, although we do know he's made a bunch of trades already, um, so we'll see what that looks like. But it's uh, Dennis Schroeder on the block. Uh, Mark Stein confirmed that earlier today, uh, as many others have, have also said. So let's see uh, you know, where they go. But they'll make at least a salary clearing trade to avoid the luxury tax. So it's But that's not really a sell. Mm-hmm. That's just a dump. Yeah, I could see them going either direction here as well. So that um, that makes sense to designate them that way. Um, <clears throat> what's next? Is Charlotte? 
the Brooklyn oh, the Nets. Nets. I forgot all about the oh, Nets. Man. I don't. I'm Skip looking. I'm looking Brooklyn at the standings because that's what I'm using to, oh, to do this. Oh, you're going by the standings because that's right, that's informing my my buying and selling here. I'm not going <laughs> right, alphabetical. So you keep looking there. I'll keep keep coming okay. with the teams, um, just so we don't miss somebody. So the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I've got them in the buyer, but without a lot to buy with. Um, they just they just don't have a ton to send out. Um, it's pretty clear a James Harden trade is not going to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, again, for spot track, I wrote all about the James Harden situation with all the different contract things he could do uh, now, later, uh, later, later, um, all, all of those things. So if you really want to check that out and see where that's at, um, just bl- 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 I'll leave you with this one little mind blowing number. When he's 37 years old, it's highly likely James Harden's going to be getting paid 60 million plus dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, but the Nets have a couple good trade exceptions, 11.5 mm-hmm. million and 6.3 million. Those are both valuable that they could use. Uh, Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown, let's see what happens uh, with those two guys because they're both due for new contracts. If they can move them, maybe that's where they go to start moving. Uh, and then Paul Millsap, if they can't trade him. He'll be bought out for sure. Yeah, they are in my tier of teams who they're a buyer, but they also have to feel like if everybody's healthy, they have enough as is to, to get the job done. Yeah. So they're a buyer, but they're yeah. they're not necessarily a desperation buyer at this point. Yep. All right, let's go on to the Charlotte Hornets now. Um, Hornets, I, I think they're, they're mm-hmm. buyers. They'd like to do something at the five. Uh, that's really kind of the only hole on their roster. Um, but... It's what's hard is in order to do anything meaningful, they're going to have to move a productive player. They don't just have like a contract just kind of sitting on their roster. uh, That's very easily tradable. Um, And because of that reason, I'm not so sure they'll actually do anything this year. I think they're more likely to make their, their play this off season. Maybe if miles Turner wasn't hurt, we might've seen them get involved there, but I I think they'll probably stand pat. Agreed. They're buyers for a big, and that's, that's about it. I think that's the only move that they could potentially make. Um, who knows? Maybe they surprise us, but most likely if there's a center available that makes sense, they'll pounce on that. Otherwise, I think they stand pat. Yep. All right. Chicago Bulls uh, clearly mm-hmm. are buyers. Um, they've been linked to Jeremy Grant and Harrison Barnes. Both. Uh, they'd both be huge upgrades for them. Um, that, that's what they're missing is a forward with a little bit of size. Um, and then uh, bench shooting. Uh, Barnes kind of fills both. Um the guys that they could probably most likely move are Patrick Williams and Kobe White. Uh, you know, if they really wanted to go in, my my opinion is go. You're really close to being a you know title contender. Go all in and, and make that move and go. Uh, you know, um, you know, go go after it and worry about the rest of it later. But we'll see where they go. They are absolutely buyers, but injuries might push them not necessarily to be desperation, but more motivated buyers than some of the other teams that are around them or a typical team that has the record and the standing that they have would be, um, they would feel a lot better about their situation if they were able to land a piece like you were talking about, because they've been dealing with the number of injuries throughout the season that would go a long way towards helping them. Absolutely. All right. Next, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. We know this situation, they're buyers, but they're, you know, it's basically Ricky Rubio is the piece that they're, they're shopping out there. They, they've got all their own picks too, uh, plus an extra pick coming that they, they could move. So yeah. So let's see, you know, where, where they go. We've heard Karis LeVert. We've heard any other number of, uh, you know, um, guards wings with, with some size. So yeah, I mean, clearly buyers for sure. Yep. Buyers let's go for it. Make a push. Let's go, Cavs. I think they. I think they. Yep. They probably need to make a move, but uh, and I think they'll find something. I think they'll get something done. Hey, if the Bengals can make the Super Bowl, the Cavs can make the finals. <laughs> good. Good that's point. A, that, that's a good point. Uh, Detroit Pistons. It, this is not the last couple of years of everything. They must Mm-mm. go sell off like they've had, but they'll move Jeremy Grant. I think. If they find the right deal, uh, if not, maybe the, this summer, um, they they tried to get Bull Bull. Um, that's kind of where they're at is just keep, uh, you know, take a flyer type of move. Um, we've heard Marvin Bagley linked to them a whole bunch of times. But this that's not that's not a uh, real buy move. That's just more of a, hey, we're, we're sending you something and this is what we'd like back. So sellers, but not a not like it was a couple years ago where it's like, let's clear, clear the decks. Yep, this team is in asset accumulation mode, very much a a seller and seeing what they can get in terms of future pieces. 
Yep. And I said, uh, for spot track, the Pacers might have borrowed the everything must go sign from the Pistons <laughs> because that's kind of where they're at is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, Damana Sabonis. Uh, we've, we've also heard, um, uh, yeah, TJ Warren occasionally mentioned, mentioned. We talked about Justin Holiday earlier today. So, um, yeah, let's see. The thing we know is Sabonis, they want a lot for him. Uh, Turner, they're asking quite a bit for. Karis LeVert is – it's interesting phrasing of they're hoping to get two first-round mm-hmm. picks, uh, much like I am hoping to wake up, you know, 50 pounds lighter. Um, but it is – you know, let's see you know, where, the, where that goes. But definitely, if there's a team in the East that is going to be making moves, it's the Indiana Pacers. They're, they're going to look look at least somewhat different, even if injuries have kind of maybe wrecked uh, things a little bit uh, for their trade plans moving forward. Yep, have to imagine they're one of the busiest teams in terms of incoming phone calls over the next couple of weeks here, or a week and a half or so that we've got. Uh, the Pacers are are absolutely a team that's they're they're looking to move off of players, and rightfully so. I think they should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a chunky lemon milk. It's time. Um, Miami Heat. So the Heat are definitely buyers. Their problem is they have nothing to buy mm-hmm. with. Uh, left unless they're really going to move Duncan Robinson. Their other tricky thing is they're hard capped and they're only about six and a half million under the hard cap. So that limits them in how much salary they can even take in in trade. So um, I think they're probably just going to stand pat, hope for better health, get their guys ready, be ready to make a deep run uh, in the postseason. Um, what I wrote for spot track was keep an eye on Victor Oladipo, not as a trade, piece but just he's kind of maybe their acquisition mm-hmm. of sorts because they get him back and if he can play well and give them some minutes off the bench that that fills a need that that they maybe would have otherwise had to go get on the market and then duncan robinson this has been more of a recent thing since i wrote that article it's been floated enough out there that there's probably something to that some i think tyler hero max Struess playing really well that's lessen to the reliance on Duncan Robinson. I just think they've built so much of their offensive system around his gravity that it just, it's, it's, I don't know that that's something you move on now. Maybe this off season though, for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Pretty easy one. I mean, they're, they're definitely buyers. If there's a deal out there, I don't know that there is, but if something falls in their lap, of course they're going to look at it, but they also got to be feeling good given the health concerns that they've had over the season and the fact that they're sitting in the one seat right now, regardless. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, definitely buyers mm-hmm. looking for a center. Um, we we know that. They're trying to take some of that pressure off uh, Bobby Portis while Brooke Lopez is still out. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, maybe Robin Lopez finds his way back there if he doesn't want to stay uh, in Orlando. We'll see. I mean, he seems very happy here in Orlando, so I'm not entirely sure. But, but yeah, they, if they can get a, a, a very uh, cost-efficient, read-cheap center, uh, they'll, they'll go get it done. Yep, absolutely buyers. For, for the Bucks. Yep. Talked a lot about the Knicks, so we can go through this very quick, but who knows, right? They're, uh, you know, we don't know what, what they're doing. They, they haven't had the season they wanted. They're welcome, or said to be welcoming of moving uh, Fournier or Walker or even Alec Burks. Um, but the Knicks have been very patient, as we talked about under Leon Rose. So I don't know that they're going to do a, we talked in depth about, you know, Russell Westbrook and, you know, that being kind of, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Say, yep, that's exactly the kind of move the Knicks will make. Now, I don't think they're they're in position to do a move like that. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're a team that needs changes, but I don't think they're going to force it. I don't think they're going to force. As disappointing as the season has been, uh, if there's something out there that makes sense, I think they'll do it. Um, I think they'll be a buyer in the right situation, but they really need kind of a shuffling of what they've got. Something isn't clicking right in New York. And if they can figure out a way even to do a neutral move, it might actually help them just by kind of, I don't know, getting rid of some of the stale air that's that seems to be there in, in sure. New York. And they're not the only team that's that's in that situation right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you can, can rebalance, great. 
you know, that that's, I think, the, the, the idea. But, yeah, well, let's see you know, where that goes. All right, we are moving on to uh, breaking news. Uh-oh. Joe Ingles, torn ACL. <sighs> so no, nothing beyond that, just the torn ACL. Uh, that was uh, Woj just it's, tweeted that. So we knew. Bummer. Uh, yeah. All right, Orlando Magic. Um, definitely sellers. They'll move Terrence Ross. They'll move Gary Harris if they can. I think Harris's uh, contract is interesting because what happens with him is that could be your avenue to taking on. He's not going to get you a first-round pick himself, but if you took on a contract that runs into next year that's some questionable money, that could be how you could plus up the return for Harris. Ross, my guess, is returns the Devin Fournier-like package of a couple seconds, um, and that, that'll that be where that'll go. And then Robin Lopez, let's see, you know, as I mentioned before, if anything happens. Uh, they have a $17.2 million trade exception. They're also $23 million under the luxury tax. It's not Oklahoma City territory. We'll get to them now in a bit uh, when we talk to West. But that is close, right? That is uh that that gets you into hey, we could be a third team in on just about any trade to help facilitate. So that's something to keep an eye on with the Magic for sure. Yeah, I mean they're they're a seller. They're definitely in future asset allocation mode, and that's what they're they're going to try to do. They're going to see what they can get for some of these guys. You mentioned Terrence Ross. I think he's a name that's certainly out there and, and was out there last year too. Uh, but uh, again, I, I don't think that they necessarily have to send out players. Like you mentioned that they've, they've got the ability to absorb some salary and that could allow them to be maybe the third team in a deal, even if they're not the, the key party in a trade here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, um, you know, yeah, let's see you know, where, where it goes in Orlando. I think they're going to be busy. They've been busy at the trade deadline in the past too. Uh, moving on to Philadelphia, they've got this Ben Simmons guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, yeah, we'll see if anything happens there, but my guess is what's reality for them is taking the Simmons situation completely out of the mix. There'll be buyers. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what Daryl Morey does. He tinkers around the edges of his rotation. He'll look for upgrades. They could definitely use another shooter. They could use a little bit more size. Um, on the wing, you know, maybe even another, uh, uh forward, you know, type player. Um, if they can get it. So they think we'll see Morey do something for sure. I just don't know, you know, what it'll be. Um, you know, and I don't know that it'll be anything that changes anything with the Simmons situation. I think that'll stay just as it is. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing more and more that they are, as much as we think they are sellers with Ben Simmons, it sounds more and more like they are holders for Ben Simmons <laughs> or maybe yeah. actually holders for James Harden. Um, maybe some stuff going on there for the for the offseason. But other than that, you're right. They are they are a buyer. They're sitting in the three seed in the Eastern Conference. If there's an opportunity for them to get better in the here and now, they will take it. They want to do what they can to maximize Joel Embiid's uh, success here in an MVP potentially season. But, um, yeah, I don't know if the Simmons thing is going to happen or not, uh, especially if they, wink, wink, happen to know that somebody might be coming in the summer, <laughs> then maybe uh, maybe we see Ben Simmons just out the entire season and then find his way elsewhere during the summer. Read more at Spot Track from me about how that uh, wink, wink player could work in Philadelphia, what the best path forward would be, because it is it is not a uh, straight trade, nor is it a sign-in trade. Um, that's all I'll say. If you want to know the rest, you got to go read the article. All right, uh, Toronto Raptors, as we're going to close out the East, and then we'll get to the West uh, on a future episode. Toronto, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to what to say with them. I would say they could be buyers. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I could also see Masai Ujiri saying, eh, I don't care about the play in. Like, that's not where we want to be. Let's move. Let's, uh, you know, get some guys. I think it's probably likely, other than maybe something with Goran Dragic, if they can do something there, they probably just sit it out. I don't think they have any interest in moving any of their starting five guys. So Siakam, Ananobi, Barnes, Trent, or Van Vliet. I think they like the way those guys play together. And I think, uh, if anything big comes, it'll come this off season for Toronto versus uh, within the next week and a week or so. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, the, the Raptors are the team that is really, that really could, I mean, they could find themselves in either direction. They could sell, they could buy I'm trying to predict them. They're, they're probably the toughest out of all these teams to figure out exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Cause they're not contenders, but they're also not bad. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's, yeah, it's tough. All right. Team turmoil. Oh. 
have become. Uh, they were 10 and 3 uh, earlier this year. Since then, they have gone 13 and 23. Uh, they have slipped to three games under 500. They are now 11th in the East after once being first in the conference. They have a, uh, uh, a five game losing streak. They are negative 2.5 net rating uh, on the year. It's just bad. And now you have Spencer Dinwiddie coming out and saying, you want to ask, like, hey, how do you provide leadership? And basically saying, yeah, I tried earlier and it wasn't welcome. No one wanted to hear it. <laughs> like, that is not good. Um, I think we got moves coming here. I don't think it's Bradley Beal. I think he sticks. I think they're going to try to do what they can to uh, reset around Bradley Beal. But I think everybody else is pretty much is on the table there. They 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 benched Daniel Gafford uh, this weekend and said that'll stick moving forward. That's odd considering they just signed him uh, to a new contract. Now, is that a let's showcase Thomas Bryant or Montrezl Harrell move? Maybe, maybe because they know they've got Gafford locked up for a couple of years, but they got to do something in that forward group. They have way too many uh, threes and fours that are not really fives and not really threes. Um, you, you know, some of them can play the five. So, you know, it's just very overly stuffed uh, between, you know, I should have said fours and fives and not threes and fours, but whatever, it's it's too many guys for too few rotation spots. I think we're going to see Washington make a bunch of moves to kind of reset and really try to set themselves up to build around Bradley Beal this summer. Agreed. I think that this is a, this is a motivated buyer. This is a team that is hurting right now. They're a team that, that's lost a lot of games, that already experienced success. They've got the pressure from Bradley Beal to get that success again. I think they're motivated to make a move um, and to make something that is that is impactful happen. They've got movable pieces, so we'll see if they can get something done. But I do expect something to happen in, in Washington. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's bad there right now. So let's... Let's see where that goes. So that takes us through mm-hmm. the East. We'll get to the West on a future episode uh, for sure, as we're, we're definitely running a little long here today. But we'll, we'll get to the Western Conference uh, on a future episode and b- bring you everybody there as we run through that. That, uh, you know, as we kind of touched on before, we, we've we seen some movement in the standings, which maybe moves to how some of these teams approach the trade deadline. We're a week and a half away, getting close oh, no. now. That's right. That's right. Almost that time. All right, everybody, we will get to the Western Conference. Maybe it'll be tomorrow's show when we get to that, but we'll see. Um, appreciate all of you joining us. Make sure you are following us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. Make sure you follow us there. And also subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.